Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go to Romans chapter 3. And I want to just, I'm just going to take, it's kind of a refresher course tonight. It's like I'm not going to be sharing anything that most of you probably don't already know. But how many know there's a lot of that that has to take place in our life all the time? You know, you have to refresh yourself about things. And, uh, you know, if you don't keep yourself fresh, how many know you lose it? I remember as a kid, we learned the multiplication tables, you know. You know, uh, we had these little flashcards, you know, and it was, we went from, you know, one, which that was the easiest one for me. One times seven is seven. One times eight is eight. I still remember that one. I'm still good with that. And uh, and, and pretty good with the twos and, you know, and then threes, I got to start, you know, counting a little bit, you know, with my hands or my toes or something. But, you know, used to you could you could have those things and remember them all the way up to, you know, like, what I don't know, we went up to 12 or whatever it was. And uh, you just had them bound by memory, but I don't have them any longer because I've not done any refresher courses. And so a lot of things that I used to know, I don't know them any longer because I haven't kept fresh on it. And so you have to stay fresh on the things of God. And what I want to talk about tonight, and like I said, this is not something that's new, but, uh, but uh, necessarily, maybe it will be for somebody, but I'm going to talk about how faith works. Right. You know, uh, a lady said one time, uh, she said, I don't understand why I'm healed. I have all the faith in the world. And I like what this preacher said to her. He said, well, that's probably the problem. You probably still have it. You probably haven't released it. Amen. And so we have to understand that faith has to be released. And so I'm going to talk to you about, you know, uh, how, how faith works. So let's go in our Bibles to Romans chapter 3. Yeah. Right. Romans 3. I tell you what, let's go to verse 27. The Bible says, Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. Everybody say the law of faith. The law of faith. So one of the things that we have to understand is the Bible calls faith a law. A law. Well, that's real important. You don't act like it is, but it is. It's real important. Because a law is something that works. I've never had a day in my life where gravity didn't work. It's a law. Amen. You know, you, 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 know you, uh, you jump off the building, you hit the ground. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And gravity doesn't care how, how, up, how far up you are, how high up you are. It, it's no respecter of persons. Right? right? Doesn't care if you have a degree or you don't have a degree. Amen. Doesn't care how much you weigh. Doesn't care how old you are. Doesn't care what religion you are. Doesn't care, you know, what color you are. Amen. It just works. Faith's the same way. Faith doesn't care anything about, you know, all that stuff. It just, it's just a law. And if it's put to work, it works. Right. Amen. Amen. And so we have, to, we have to understand that if it's a law, then there are certain things we need to know about how does the law function, you know. I mean, it's like, you know, you know I've done some fly, flying, flight lessons, a few, and done some study on that. I never went all the way through and got my pilot's license. I've, I've thought about going back, and, but I don't know if I ever will or not. You know, I, I, you know, it's just, 
I'd just rather somebody else do that. But anyway, you know, maybe I will if the Lord leads. But, uh, you know, I had to learn some things. You know, I had to learn some things about aerodynamics and all that and the different laws. You had to read books and stuff like that. And, and then you get up there and you actually do it, you know. And so the thing of it is, is, uh, you know, there's laws to that. It works. You know, people say, well, I'd never fly in a plane. Well, actually, you're, you're safer up there than you are down here. Yeah, that's true. Amen. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, people don't realize that, you know, you don't, you, don't, uh, you don't get very close to one another up there like you do down here. Amen. And so there's laws, you know, there's things that work and you got to work the laws. You got to do it right. You got to have a, you got to, you have, you have to have a motor, you know, uh, you have to have wings, you know, you have to have, you have to have these things, which, you know, that, that cause the plane to work, you know, the thrust and all that and the airfoil over the wings and all that. You have to have all that for that to work. Well, faith's the same way. Faith, you can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't, if you don't know, if you don't, if you don't operate it and you don't know how it works, it, it wouldn't do you any good. And so we're going to look at some really simple things tonight and uh, just talk about them because the Bible, the Bible talks about laws. It talks about the law of the spirit of life, the law of sin and death. You know, there's the law of sowing and reaping. Law of righteousness. Amen. Uh, the, the Bible talks about the royal law of love. So there's laws in the Bible. And just like there's natural laws, there's spiritual laws. And the, the spiritual laws, they, they're really more um, dependable than natural laws. Really. But people don't realize that. And they just think, you know, if God wants me to have something, well, then I'll have it. And if he doesn't, then I won't. And, you know, you never know what God's going to do. Amen. Amen. How I many operating laws like that will get you in trouble? Yeah. You know, if this airplane wants to land, then it'll land. Oh, it, it, it wants to land. And once you stop operating the law of lift, it will land. Amen. It's like one guy said, he said he was up with his flight instructor one day and the, the engine quit. And he said, I'm just a new guy at this. You know, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a rookie, you know. And he said, I got a little excited. Well, it would kind of get you a little excited, right? And he said, the engine quit. And he said, I looked at my uh, instructor and I said, what are we going to do now? He said, he had a newspaper in his hand. He said, he hit me with it. Bam. He said, we're going to land. Isn't that a revelation? You're coming down. That doesn't mean you have to crash. It just means you're coming down somewhere. You, you don't have to crash just because the motor went out. You still land the plane just like you could have. You know, it's coming down. You can still land it, but you're just going to have to find a not right place to land it. Amen. That's the problem. And so, see, the thing of it, the thing that we have to understand is faith, the Bible says, is a law. It's a law. And so if it's a law, then we need to know how the law operates. Amen? Because you, I like what that minister said to that lady. He said, that's probably your problem is you probably do have all the faith in the world, but you probably still have it. You probably haven't released any of it to go to work for you and to bring to pass the things that God has for you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, listen now, let, let, me just, let me just remind you, Ephesians says we've got to take the shield of faith. We have to take it. In other words, it, it's not something that's just automatic. You have to take it. So... I'm preaching this stuff and I'm thinking, you know, the first point, everybody's going, oh, no, not again. But yes, again. Everybody say yes again. Yes, again. The first principle and working the law of faith is your mouth. Right. Look at, we're in Romans 3, look at Romans chapter 10. 
You got to get your mouth in motion. To do what? To say what the Word says. Amen. Now, people, you get a lot of flack over teaching this one, but it's, I don't understand it because it's like, do you have a Bible? Yes, I have a Bible. Do you read your Bible? Do you believe your Bible? <laughs> There's all kinds of scriptures in there about what you do with your mouth. Amen. Now look at this. This is so basic. But Romans chapter 10, verse 6, it says, For the righteous, But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise, Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith this? See, the righteousness of faith, notice it speaks. It speaks. But what does it say? The word, verse 8, the word is nigh you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So it talks about the word of faith and the way the word of faith works is it's in your mouth and in your heart. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So are you going to get saved without confession? Not according to this scripture. Amen. So we have to come back to this fact that people have to learn that what, what you're believing for, you need to talk it. You need to say it. Amen. And so you, do, you see, that's one of the, that's one of the ways <coughs> the laws of faith work. The Apostle Paul, you know, he said in 2 Corinthians, he said, we having the same spirit of faith as is written, we believe them, therefore we spoke. He said, we also believe and therefore we speak. Amen. You know, there was a faith teacher years ago. He came up with this. He said, have faith in God. Remember that? Remember that faith teacher? Have faith in God. Anybody know what faith teacher that was? Brother Hagin? How about Brother Jesus? He's the one that said Mark eleven twenty two and 23, not Brother Hagin. <laughs> Brother Hagin, he may have based his ministry on it, but he got it from Jesus, right? He said, have faith in God. Or the, my cross reference in this Bible says, Has the, have the faith of God. For verily I say unto thee that whoever says of this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. So what did Jesus say? This is the way the faith of God works. It says things. It says things. He went on in Luke's gospel when he said this. He said, uh, they, his, 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 he, he told his apostles, you're going to have to forgive people, you know. And... Um, Matter of fact, one time he told them, you're going to have to forgive them 490 times in a day. Yeah. Amen. I just figure if you've got a friend that offends you 490 times in a day, get a new friend. <laughs> All right. But he said, you're going to have to forgive them 490 times. And they said, Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> he said, look, he said, it's not a faith problem. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. Anybody ever seen a mustard seed? Real small, isn't it? 
So he said, in other words, he says, guys, this isn't complicated. I think sometimes we complicate. He said, but if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you, you might say to the sycamine tree, be plucked up by the root and be cast in the sea, and it would obey you. But notice what he said. If you had faith, you would say. Faith says. I said, faith says. Faith says, amen. You know, uh, so we have to understand our mouth is part of the process of, of, of uh, you know, um, Working the law of faith. Amen. You know, like I was talking about learning how to fly. Like I said, I took some lessons. I just flew into like a, a 172 Cessna. It's a smaller plane, four-seater plane, you know. Uh, and, and so, but you had, to, you had to study. You had to know, you know, what time, when, when, when you rotate the plane and all that. And rotate means when you pull back on the yoke, basically, is what you're talking about. Because it has to get to a certain speed for it will get off the ground. So... And so you learn those things, and, and, and you know what? It works the same way every time. Every time. When that thing hits 55 miles an hour going down that runway, and this is a smaller plane, I mean, it, it will come off the ground. If you, if you pull back on the yoke, it'll start coming up. And so, you know, other planes will be different, you know. I know one time I flew into Henderson, into the airport over there, and I flew in there, and I'm just a, you know, I, 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 I just... Getting, I just started, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't know much about it at all. But, you know, we fly in there with the instructor. And he, uh, he says, now park it over here. And I look over there, and it was the first time I've ever seen in person a Citation 10 airplane. That is a monster. When I mean it is a fast, fast airplane. And it is an expensive airplane. Like, probably at that time, $20 million. I'm putting in this 172. He says, park it by that. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I don't want to go near that thing. I don't want to even take a chance of hitting that thing. But I think you were with me that time. I think you went up with me. Camden went up with me. Because I said, let's stay here. Because that motor was running on that uh, Citation 10. I don't know what it was doing in Henderson. I have no idea. Because this is a smaller airport. And this, this, this bird takes some runway. It's fast. And we said, I said, let's watch that thing take off. It was awesome. I don't know how fast he was going when he took off, but the, the pilot knows. See, he knows the laws, right? See, we have to know the laws of faith. Amen. And so the first thing, the first thing in working the law of faith is you got to get your mouth going. You got to get your mouth in motion and say what you believe for. Confession is made unto salvation. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this is how we got saved. This is how we got out of the kingdom of darkness to start with. So why would we think that other things that we're going to receive in the kingdom would work different than this? It's the law of faith. By, by, uh, uh, by, by faith are you saved through grace. Or by, is it by grace are you saved through faith? By grace are you saved through faith. Thank you. By grace are you saved through the law of faith. Paul called it a law. So this is how you got saved, right? You know, however you said it, you know, you may have said it, you know, like, like the, the thief on the cross. Now, you know, he, he just said, Lord, remember me in, in, in your kingdom, didn't he? Well, that's, that's just the same as saying Jesus is Lord. You follow that? doesn't mean you have to say the exact words, 
but it means you're in agreement. What you're saying is in agreement with the Word. And that's what that, that thief, you know, he, he, he was in paradise that day with Jesus. Isn't that something? Praise God. Well, if, 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 if your mouth will get you in paradise, it should be able to get you things in the natural. Amen. Amen. That God has promised, right? Amen. So, number one, and uh, if you're going to work the law of faith, is you've got to get your mouth going. Right? I tell you, I want to look at this scripture. I, I, didn't, I wasn't planning on this, but let's go to Psalm 62. This is a cool scripture I found years ago. It stood out to me. Psalm 62. Got it? Look at verse 11. It says, God has spoken once, twice, have I heard this, that power belongs unto God. God said it once, but David said, I heard it, heard it twice. Well, how do you hear it twice? He said the same thing. See, whatever God has said, we've got to say the same thing. It ought to be heard twice, right? God said it, then we say it. Hallelujah. Amen. See, that's why I don't say certain things that people say. Now, people will argue with you about this, but I just like, I'm not arguing with you. You live your life. It, the, the way you want to live it. You, you, but I'm, the, I've been doing this for 40 years. I, my life is blessed, and it's been blessed for 40 years. Why would I change? Right. Amen. Right. You know, why would I change now? I've got a blessed life. Praise God. And I know how it came. Amen. It came by God's Word. It came by operating the law of faith. And so, you know, it's just like water off a duck's back to me. It's too, you're too late. You know what I'm saying? If you would have told me, you know, maybe uh, 45 years ago that God did heal, I might believe you. But after I've been healed, it's kind of hard to believe. People say, well, I don't, I don't believe in tongues. Any, I don't believe tongues are for today. Well, I speak in tongues, so uh, don't tell me they're not for today. I do it. I get blessed. Yeah. Hallelujah. I get revelation. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Well, I don't believe that God will meet your needs. You're too late. He's already done it. So you, you, have to, you should have caught me before I experienced it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, my wife saying, no, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't either. But, you know, I, I, I understand that, that, you know, people have different viewpoints. You know, there's people that are Pentecostal that think those of us that believe in confession, that we're out to lunch. But I've no, here's what I've noticed after 40 years of this, that those of us that believe it, practice it, we have it. Yeah. Those that don't, don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, huh, isn't that something? This is a law, and it works. Amen. I mean, what would you do if you were up with some guy in a plane, and he says, I don't believe in engines. I'm shutting the engine off. I don't believe it. I mean, I'm going to whack that guy in the head. No, we ain't shutting the engine off. This is part of how it works. Right? I don't care if you don't believe in it. It's still the way it works. I don't believe it. Charles Cap said one time, him and his brother Rex, I love this story he told years ago. He said they decided that they were going to make wings and they were going to fly down to their cousin's house. And so they made wings out of cardboard boxes and they got up on top of the, well, they, they were going to get up on top of the barn and take off and fly down to their cousin's house. And so Rex was older and so he got to go first. And so he said, he, Brother Cap said, Rex got up there and he jumped off the barn and first thing he did is hit, you know, he just went straight down to the ground. And Charles said, why didn't you flap your wings? He said, I didn't have time. 
And I think, didn't Charles say he tried it too, and it didn't work for him either. His overalls got caught, and he was hanging off the pinnacle of the barn. That's what he said, wasn't it? <laughs> well, what was the problem here? Well, they had a good idea. Wings is part of the law of lift. It's, it's part of the law. You've got to have wings, but you've got to have some thrust behind it. You've got to have some engine to push you, man, through the air. And they were missing that part. So, so people say, well, I don't believe in confession. Well, f- f- look, all you're ever going to have in your life is faith accidents. Occasionally something's going to splash over on you, but you're not going to be consistent because you're not working the law the way the Bible says to do it. I mean, Mark eleven twenty three is a pretty, pretty straightforward scripture, if you ask me. Jesus said you'll have what you say if you believe it. If you believe it. Now, people have accused us and said, well, you guys just say you can have anything you want. No, you have to believe it. Jesus said that, which clarifies it, which means you can't just say anything because you can't just not Bible believe anything, not Bible believe. Bible believing comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if you actually hear what the Word says, see, uh, then that brings faith to you, doesn't it? Then you could you could confess that and that that will that will if you stay with it, it'll show up in your life. Amen. Now, I don't, get dis- I don't get disillusioned. Well, let me say, I, I, I fight getting disillusioned. I'm not saying I never have, but I, I, don't really, I don't really get disillusioned by time any longer because I realize that, you know, what? It, it, I, there's times I, we're all still growing, right? And so sometimes it takes a little time for things to manifest. And there's different reasons for that. And I know that. And we don't always know the reasons. But if God wants you to know, you, you know, He'll tell you. But the thing that we got to do is just keep working the law. Amen. There's some things I've stood for, and they came quickly. There's some other things I stood for, and they took a while to to manifest. There's some things I'm standing for now. Still haven't manifested, but I still haven't quit working the law. I'm still working the law. Amen. Every day I'm confessing, and I'm speaking the word, uh, what the word says about my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Sometimes there's some pieces in the middle that don't know it yet, but praise God, it's on its way because my spirit man's got it. Amen? And so I just keep working the law. I just keep saying it. I keep saying it. And you got to watch it, you know, because you can, you can get weary of that. Think, well, you know, it, this, this faith stuff doesn't work. Well, listen, the Bible says that we got to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Perseverance, just stick with it. Amen. Well, Jesus was better at it than that. Well, let me give you a revelation. Are you ready? You're not Jesus. Okay? I mean, yeah, he was, he was honed in, wasn't he? I mean, he had it, you know. Uh, we're still growing, amen. And I, could, I, I, can, I believe we will be till the day he comes. Amen. And I don't get disillusioned because I pray for somebody and they die. I don't know why. I just know that I just do what the Bible says do and leave the results to God. They're not, it's not up to me. I'm not, I'm not the healer. Amen? You know, sometimes they'll call us that believe in Him faith, you faith healers. Well, first of all, only God can heal. Only His power can heal. Right? But He uses us as vessels. The Bible said God wrought special miracles through the hands of Paul. Everybody, you know, if you got hands, I mean, no, you're a candidate. And if you've lost both your hands, I'll assume God use your feet. 
or use your whatever you have left, right? Amen. 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 See, you have to see. There's there's laws to things. You know what I'm saying? We have to do things like just like tithing. Tithing. There's there's laws. You bring the you you bring it, you bring the, you bring your tithe to the house of the Lord, right? Right. right? Bring all the tithes, right? I mean, that doesn't mean you can't ever mail it, but it means you should have a house you can bring it to. There should be times that you're there with your tithe. <laughs> Amen. And, 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 and you read, the, the Bible talks about bringing the tithe with, you know, with the high priest there. Or the, today we would say the pastor, right? And it'll bring blessing in your life when you do the way God says do it. You know, Dr. Barclay, he had a guy move into his town and he started a coffee shop. And one time his son-in-law, James, who's been here, James, let me remember James being here. And I, hopefully we'll have him back this, this coming next year. Because he is one of the nicest people on the planet. He is. He's just one of the nicest people, loving, caring people on the planet. And, and he has a really rough background. He was in prison for 10 years. And he told you he, what his goal was, was to be a hitman. That's what he was learned. That was what he was studying in college. And um, oh God, I'm teasing. I don't think college has a course about that yet. But, but he, James, uh, one day was he went down to the coffee shop and the guy was out there and he was loading his. Uh, he was unloading a truck and taking his product in the store and it was it was real, one of Michigan real cold days. And I'll tell you what, Michigan when it gets cold, it's cold. I mean, it'll cut right through you. And so he didn't have a coat on, so James gave him his leather jacket. He said, here, man, take, take this, you know. And the guy thanked him, you know, and James went his way. And then, you know, sometime later, days later, James went back to the store, and the guy goes, oh, man, he said, I got your jacket for you, you know. He said, thanks for letting me use that. No, James said, no, I, I give that to you. I'm not just loan it, I give it to you. He said, you're kidding. No, no. And then James gave him this uh, teaching by Dr. Barclay on how to make God your business partner. He, has, he had a teaching on how to, you know, if you have a business, make God your partner. Amen. And so, uh, you know, uh, Doc, Dr. Barclay came by one day and he, uh, you know, in that, in that teaching, because in that teaching, and I think even, even Doc had talked to him about it. Doc went there and he, he talked to him about it. He had coffee or something. And he, and, he, and he told the guy, he said, you see all these cars driving by here? He said, those are potential customers. These people are going to buy coffee somewhere. Might as well be your shop. Might as well make God partner with you. Right? And so he said, you know, just start calling these people into your shop. Law of faith. Law of faith. And so, but in that teaching, Dr. Barclay talks about how you should tithe, your business should tithe. Not just you personally, but your business should tithe. So, Doc said, he said, I, uh, I went by there to get coffee one day, and he said, I go through the drive-thru, and, and out push comes an, an envelope. Dr. Barclay said, what is that? He said, that's my tithe. Doc said, you don't just shove your tithe through a drive-thru window. <laughs> You got to. You need to. You need to have. A, you need to come to church and have a pastor, and present your tithe before the Lord. And then the guy got mad. I'm not coming to your church. Blah, 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 blah. Doc said, "Fine, just give me my coffee." So doc, Dr. Burke said, "I was gone for about two weeks traveling. I went by to get me another coffee." He said, "Out slides the envelope again." Doc said, "Hey, you don't tithe like that. You, you need to come to church. You need to have a pastor." 
Bring your tithe to the house of the Lord. And they go, I'm not coming to your church. And he went off on him. And Doc said, fine, just give him my coffee. And he, Dr. Burke said, you know, he said, one Sunday morning, I get up and I look out there and there's that guy and his wife and his two kids setting out my church. And he said to the guy, I mean, he had, he, when tithes and offering time came, they came up front to put their offering in a basket. You know, they're tied in the basket, the offering basket. And he said, this guy walks up, he's got his, you know, got his tithe. And he motions for Dr. Barclay. You know, he's on the stage. And so Doc, Doc leans down and he goes, I brought my family. I'm in church. You're my pastor. And you better not have a reason for not taking this tithe. <laughs> so Dr. Barclay said, okay, under those conditions, put it in. He said, I want to ask you a question. What happened to the guy that said he was never going to come to my church? He said, well, I'll tell you, Pastor. He said, uh, there's a lot of preachers come to my coffee shop and they drink coffee. Yeah. He said, they talk about about you. Yeah, he said, I know they got an issue with me. He says, they say that your, uh, your church is a cult and that you're just in it for the money. He said, but of all the preachers, you're the only one that wouldn't take the envelope. He said, so I told my wife, I said, I've decided this is the only man that cares about us. He taught us how to do it right. The rest are just a pack of liars. He said, so I'm coming to your church. Amen. Well, there's a right way to do things, right? There's a right way the law of faith works. And if you don't get your mouth in motion, if you don't say what the word says, if you don't confess for what you're believing for, you're not operating the law of faith. You're missing some thrust here. Amen. Now, the second thing is this, and let's go to James chapter 2. Because I'm going to give you three things tonight before we go. James chapter 2. So there's ways to operate the law of faith. And if you don't do it the way the Bible says, then you know you're missing an element to the law. And it just won't work for you. So you have to say it. Everybody say you have to say it. Yes. Amen. And that doesn't come from a modern day faith preacher. That comes from Jesus Christ. So I would watch my mouth if I were you. I'm not, not pointing to you, but people that might see this or hear this. I'd watch my mouth criticizing people that teach you need to confess what the Word says. I never understood how anybody could have a problem with us confessing what the Bible says. What in the world is wrong with you? Amen. Now, James chapter Two, and the next thing is you got to have action. You got to act on your faith. Look at James chapter 2, verse 17. The Bible says, Even so, faith, if it have not works, is dead, being alone. Verse 20. But will you know, o vain man, that faith without works is dead? Verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. I think James is trying to tell us something here. Your faith's got to have some works. Everybody say works. Now, what is he talking about works? Well, you know, one way to say it is action, corresponding action. Now, I want you to think about this. See, I believed before I was ever saved, years before I was ever saved, I believed Jesus Christ was the Son of the living God. I believed, I believed that you had to believe in Him to, to make it to heaven. You had to receive Him as your Lord and Savior. I believed that at 15 years old. I believed that before 15 years old. I believe that all the time I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm doing drugs. I believe that. I believe that. Well, but it's dead faith because I'm not acting on it. 
It wasn't until I took a step to receive Him as Lord and Savior and confessed Him as Lord that I actually got anything. Right? See, my faith had to have some action. Amen? Listen, remember those guys? <laughs> those guys, I love people like this. Those guys that, you know, they had the friend that was, uh, you know, the, the King James says sick of the palsy. He was paralyzed. And he was on that couch, the King James says, or Matt, you know. And they tried to take him into the meeting where Jesus was preaching and couldn't get in. And so they, they took him up on the roof. Now, who thinks of that? I tell you, these are, these are radical people, right? Right? These are some faith-filled people right here. Amen. Right? I mean, to get up on the roof? Come on. And so they tear the roof up. This is somebody's home. Somebody lives here. Jesus is in there preaching. You know what I'm saying? And, and all of a sudden, you could see him preaching. Though. How many know as he's preaching, there's got to be stuff falling down in front of him? Because when they lowered that man down, they lowered him down in front of Jesus. You talk about interrupting the service. Right? I mean, you look at these guys. Haven't you guys been to membership class? You don't even know how to act. These were faith-filled people, man. They were hungry. They couldn't, they couldn't get him in the door, but they got him through the roof. And I love what the Bible says. Jesus saw their faith. Faith can be seen. When you have faith, it can be seen in your actions. Amen. See, uh, it's... It's, th I think this is where people get deceived sometimes. Whole denominations do. They think because they believe in something that that's good enough. Well, we believe in healing. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Well, it's not good enough just to believe in them. You have to believe for them. You follow what I'm saying? You have to take some action. Amen. Whatever that might be, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's different ways to take action, but you have to take some action. Amen. See, there's denominational church, Pentecostals. Listen now, Pentecostal churches that in, in theory, they believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but they never believe for them to manifest. And there's a huge difference. See, we have to, we have to put some action with our, our faith. Amen. You know, if you're going to be using the gifts of the Spirit, I mean, you know, you, you're going to have to have some faith and, and take some action. You've got to step out. Right. Amen. I've, always, I've told you before, my very first experience of the gifts of the Spirit, I was praying and asking God to use me in the gifts of the Spirit between Sunday morning and Sunday night service at our church. Not this church, but my first church. And, and the Lord said, okay. I mean, I heard Him just as plain as could be. He said, okay, I'll use you tonight. And I was like, not tonight. I didn't mean tonight. I just meant sometime down the road. <laughs> you know, when I get mature. Because I certainly wasn't there yet. And the Lord said, now listen now, the Lord said to me, and I'm not talking about audible, but I heard these words just plain as could be in my heart. He said, no, he said, I'm going to use you tonight. He said, Sister Shannon is going to give a message in tongues, and I want you to interpret that. Well, I certainly hope that that was wrong. I did. I went to church thinking, man, I hope that wasn't right. And we were worshiping God, and things got quiet, and Sister Shannon gave a message in tongues. 
and nobody interpreted it. And normally, Pastor Eddie would always, he would, he'd kind of like me, if nobody's going to interpret, then I'm going to interpret, because he had that gifting. And so he doesn't do it. It's quiet. You have to understand, this is a Pentecost church. If you have 15 seconds of silence, they'll go home. They'll think you dismissed the service and they didn't hear about it. Because we were moving and shaking. And so, but I'm standing in the back of the church, you know, and the elder, one of the elders, one of the, one of the board members, he shoves me out in the aisle and says, interpret that. Or he said, interpret that. Then he shoved me out in the aisle. Well, there I was. Well, I, I gave the interpretation. I have no idea what it was, but it wasn't bad because I never got rebuked. Must have been okay. But see, I had to take some action, right? And, and, th- and, and, and ever since, I've been flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. But it takes faith every time. It takes action every time. You've got you to believe and you've got to step out. Amen. So we have to understand. Everybody say action. You've got to have action. Amen. Now, let's look at this. We've got a little bit of time here. Let's go to Acts chapter 14. Let me show you something here. Acts chapter 14. Go there. And uh, just talking about, you know, if your faith's going to be alive, you could have faith for something. You could have faith for something. But if you don't take action, your faith is dead. So can faith be dead? Is it still faith? Sure. Didn't he say, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also? Right? It's, it's, look, if somebody was sitting on the front row right here and their spirit left their body, their body would die. It would fall over in the floor. Is it still a body? It's just as much a body now as it was when their spirit was on there. It just can't do anything now. It's powerless. Faith is just as much faith whether you act or you don't act. But if you don't act, faith's powerless. No power to it. Can't help you. It's still faith. I said it's still faith. But it's not doing anything. Amen. Just like when your, if, you know, if you, when your spirit leaves your body, your body's, it's powerless. It, doesn't have, it ain't power. It's dead. Same thing with your faith. Look at this in Acts. <laughs> Come on, are you with me tonight? All right, Acts chapter 14. Look at this. I love, I love this scripture. I've preached on this over the years, but it's been a while. Acts chapter 14, verse 7, it says, There they preach the gospel. That's, that's Paul and Barnabas. The gospel. Ever say the gospel. the gospel. They're preaching the gospel. What's the gospel? It's the good news, right? And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet. He crippled in his feet. Being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who, steadfastly beholding him, perceived that he had faith to be healed. Now, how does faith come? By hearing, hearing by the word of God. So how did this guy get faith to be healed? He heard Paul preach what? The gospel. So Paul's gospel must have included healing. How could a guy have faith for healing if Paul's not preaching about healing? He couldn't. Paul perceived, notice this, he had faith to be healed. Is he healed? Not healed, is he? Does he have faith to be healed? 
But is he healed? No. no. Paul had to tell him to do something, didn't he? Yep. He said, stand upright. He said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. So the law of faith, even though there was faith there, the law of faith dictates that you have to do something. You have to take action. And when this guy stood up and when he, I mean, he could have said, I can't stand up, Paul. I'm crippled. I never have walked. How I many know that would have been it? But he, he just, he just, by faith, did something and something happened. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, this will work in a lot of areas. Man, I got out of, got, we got out of a $15,000 Debt that way one time. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't. I don't like being owing fifteen thousand dollars. Do you? I mean, you know, it seems smaller now than it did then. <laughs> Everything seems smaller now since the past couple of years or so. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So. But, you know, I just did what God said. You know, I, I, for, first of all, I, you know, I, I spoke what the Word said of my, over the finances. I spoke. But then God gave me an action to do, so I want you to give some money away. Now, you know, when you're $15,000 and you need $15,000, giving money away seems like a foolish thing to do. It's like, and it's what the Lord said. He said, he said you're going to go preach at this church. He said, I want you to give, uh, you know, I think it was like $1,100 to this church. He said, it will bless them. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. I'm the, I'm the guy that needs the money. It bless me. Have them give $1,100 to me. But that's not the way it works. I mean, you know, you got to take the step of faith. It took a step of faith to do that. I'm telling you, it took a step of faith. It doesn't seem like much now, but this is some years ago. It took a step of faith to do that. Amen. But God was having me work the law of faith. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I remember just trying to start this church. We're trying to save some money to start this church years ago. You know, and and uh, we finally had what I thought might be enough to finally get started, you know, and all. And uh, and I'm preaching for this pastor, you know, and he's bought a building, you know, and he's uh, and we're in this one just small. He hasn't he hasn't got he's remod he's he's doing the sanctuary, but it's not done. And we're just in this small area and it's packed out, you know. And I'm preaching, and he said, after the service, he says, I want to show you, you know, the sanctuary and all, you know, and, and that we're working on. And, and so he, uh, he, he walks, walks me through there and shows me, and he makes this comment. He makes this comment. He says, uh, uh, the next step is the air conditioning for the church, you know, the units and all that. And he told me how much it would cost. And that's how much we had in our ministry account. And God... God talks at the most inconvenient times sometimes. The Lord, I'm just clear, He spoke to me and said, Get, give Him the money for that. I'm thinking, Lord, I, I, we're just trying to start a church. This guy's got a church. Let him figure it out himself. He's at least got a building, you know. You can preach without air conditioning. I know that for a fact. I've done it many times. Not in America, <laughs> but in other places. They, they survive, so they can open the windows, Lord. I'll buy them a box fan, a couple. No, the Lord, the Lord said, give him this money. And, and I knew what it was going to do. It was going to basically break us, you know, financially, the ministry. 
But I look back, you know, and I'm glad I obeyed God and took those steps of faith. And it took some faith to do that. How many know that? And I'm glad I, I, I'm glad I took some action, obeyed God, because after that, I'm telling you, we never, we, God always took care of us. He always took care of us. Some way or another, He got it done. Hallelujah. I started a church with zero congregation, my wife and, and a couple, three others, four others, and never had to get a secular job. God has ways of doing it. Hallelujah. Not that there would have been anything wrong with that, but, you know, I'm just thankful that God allowed me to do it and just concentrate on the ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But I'm convinced if I hadn't obeyed him, that wouldn't have happened. It just wouldn't have happened. And I still think we're ripping off of it today. Amen. So, everybody say action. Go to Mark chapter 10. You get anything tonight? All right, this is the last one. And Mark 10 might be a little surprising to you, but you, you need to be specific about some things. And I'll explain that in just a little bit. There may be times for uh, gener generalities, but you need to be specific. What are you believing for? Mark chapter 10, go there, and I'm going to read uh, a few verses here. Uh, verse, uh, let's see, uh, verse 40, 46. It says, and they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So this guy's blind. You got that? All right. And he charged him that he, many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. And he commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calls for you. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. So he cast away his beggar's garment, his license to beg, basically. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will you that, what will you that I should do unto you? Or what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Jesus said unto him, Go your way, your faith has, hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I, wanted, I read that scripture because I wanted to see. Here, here's a beggar. He's by the side of the road. He, he's, he's there for one purpose, to beg. And he's got a legitimate reason. He, he's blind. And when Jesus walks by, he knows Jesus' reputation for healing, you know. So he cries out to him in faith. When G Jesus sees he's got a blind beggar's garment. They had to have a, you know, when you study it, they had to have, they had to have a, a registered garment to, to legally beg like that. And they, it was issued to him by the government. And so he threw it off. He cast it aside. Well, he's thinking, I'm not going to need this any longer. But when he comes to Jesus, it's obvious the man is blind. All right. Mm -hmm. He comes to Jesus. Jesus said, what do you want me to do? See, here's the thing. He could have, Jesus could have given him money. That's what he's there for. That's what he's by the side. But, or Jesus could heal him. He asked the man, what do you want? How many, if he'd have said, Lord, you know, just give me a day's wages. How I many of Jesus would have done it? But he got something better, didn't he? 
He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. He was specific about it. Now, that goes back to what I want to say. See, what I already said. You don't just believe in something. You need to believe for something. You need to be specific. I don't know how many people I've heard tell me, you know, y'all, yes, I believe in healing. No, you need to be specific. What are you believing for? What do you want the Lord to do for you? Be specific about it. You know, a stick of dynamite, all it is is a big firecracker. It's a big one. But I can guarantee you, don't, you know, if, if you take a stick of dynamite and throw it out in our parking lot, it'll do very little damage. It'll just make a lot of noise. But if you drill a hole in the parking lot and pack it in there, we got something to do this weekend. Fix our parking lot. Because it'll blow it apart. Because you concentrated it. You got specific. Amen. And so, I mean, if you don't, I mean, we learned that as kids with firecrackers. You just throw them out in the air, they would uh, make a lot of noise. But what we always like to do, I won't tell you everything we did because this is live streaming. And I, I, I think I was 12, so 11, 10. I, I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations has run out by now. <laughs> but I'm still not going to chance it. But we would like go find these massive, you know, sometimes you'd find these anthills that were pretty massive, you know. And man, we'd plug the hose with, you know, firecrackers and then tie them together, get, get them tied together and light them. Brother, you should see the ants tumble out. <laughs> I mean, you can throw it on top of their little home. It doesn't do anything. But you pack it in there. You get specific, man. You got a cause. You're going to blow the top off the thing. Amen. And that's all I'm divulging with what we did with firecrackers because the other stuff, I would get booed. But anyway, can anybody think of a story as we close out in the Bible where, there's, where anybody worked this law of faith? How about the woman with the issue of blood? The Bible said she had suffered many things of many physicians and could, was nothing better but rather grew worse. But when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch body's clothes, I shall be whole. And immediately her blood flow stopped and she was healed of that plague. Did you know she did those three things? One, she came. She took action. Two, she said, right? But she was also specific. If I can just touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. Right? She, she, she determined how it was going to be. Right? She said, well, no, no, Jesus did. No, Jesus said, who did it? Who did it? Amen. Because, well, Jesus knew everything. Well, he, he was God. He is God. When I say was God, like he still is, in case you haven't checked. But he wasn't operating as God. The Bible said he grew in wisdom. And if he was operating as God, he, I mean, God, you think God, anybody think God the Father is growing in wisdom? No, he's all knowing. 
Amen. But Jesus became a man, right? He's still God, but he put on flesh, right? And so he had, who did that? Who touched me? See, see, it wasn't him. The power was in him. The power came from him. But it was this woman operating the law of faith that got the power out of him. Amen. She did those three things. She, she said it. She did it. She was specific about what she wanted. This is what I'm believing for. Amen. Hallelujah. Jack Cole. Does anybody know that name, Jack Cole? Okay, a few. Jack Coe was a real famous healing evangelist in the 50s. Had a tent that would seat like 20,000 people. That's a huge tent. And uh, we actually met his daughter by accident about, what, two years ago. We were going to preach in a place, and we were checking in this hotel. And there's this couple in front of us getting their stuff out, and we're waiting for them to get down with the cart. And Phyllis strikes up a conversation with her. Wasn't that how it happened? And she tells you she's Jack Coe's daughter. Well, you know, we knew who Jack Coe was, you know. We, I mean, from the healing and all uh, meetings that he had. Powerful man of God. And so, um, uh, and she gave us some of his material. A couple, three things, whatever it was, of, of his CDs or DVDs. Uh, I think both, of, of her father. And, uh, but Jack Go, he said, you know, he said one time, he said, I was preaching hard, having a meeting, tent meeting, and preaching hard, <clears throat> tired, wore out. He said, I went after the meeting, and he said, I went into this restaurant, and he said, I ordered a hamburger. And he said, I looked all around me, and all these people had been drinking, and all these sinners, they're ordering steak and stuff, you know. He said, I started feeling sorry for myself. And he said, I said to the Lord, he said, Lord, look at this. I work hard for you. I'm out preaching the gospel and I get a hamburger and all these sinners get steak. He said, the Lord spoke back to me. He said, Jack, I didn't order that hamburger. You did. <laughs> Amen. In other words, Jack, you got the hamburger faith. <laughs> You're the one that called it. You want steak? Be specific. I like hamburgers. But there's a time for some steak. How many know God doesn't, God doesn't criticize you no matter where you're at, but you've got to know that, that it's up to us. Well, we want to come up another, come up another level, right. right? I used to preach on big lot faith. I got quiet on that. I'm not condemning big lot. Hey, I go there for deals too. I don't even know if they're still around now. Maybe, are they still around? Okay. I haven't been there in years, but I've gone to big lot stores and bought stuff. But... You, you, you can develop your faith beyond, oh, well, I can't buy it unless it's at Big Lot. Hello? Well, why am I here in silence? Didn't I talk about how your, your words, man? No, I don't have, I'm not confined to Big Lot. Now, if I want to get, now, I go, you know, go there for the bargains, but it's like I don't have to buy uh, all my furniture at Big Lot. I'm not condemning anybody that does because, you know, I've probably gotten stuff worse place than that. My first car was $150. It was behind the building. I'm not making that up. It wasn't out front where people could see it. It was behind the building. But thank God I had a car. Hallelujah. 
But, you know, you can keep serving God, keep believing God, you can come up a little higher. Amen. Did you get something tonight? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for the law of faith, that it works every time it's put to work, just like some of the natural laws, gravity, law of lift, the law of, you know, different laws, Father God, they, they work because um, you, you made them that way. And so that we can, we can literally see uh, the promises of God to come pass in our life by operating the law of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.